the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Whether you're listening from far away or next to beautiful Seneca Lake, we hope that through the reading and proclaiming of Scripture, you hear God's wisdom, challenge, and blessing for you today. If you're able to worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9.30, we at Hector Presbyterian Church would love to share Christ's peace with you. As we turn our attention to the scriptures, let us pray. God, our helper, by your Holy Spirit, open our minds that as the scriptures are read, and your word is proclaimed, we may be led into your truth and taught your will for the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. A reading from the book of Ecclesiastes. Listen for God's word to you. Send your bread out on the water because in the course of time you may find it again. Give a portion to seven people, even to eight. You don't know what disaster may come upon the land. If clouds fill up, they will empty out rain on the earth. If a tree falls, whether to the south or to the north, wherever it falls, there it will lie. Those who watch the wind blow will never sow, and those who observe the clouds will never reap. Just as you don't understand what the life breath does in the bones inside a pregnant woman's womb, so you can't understand the work of God who makes everything happen. Scatter your seed in the morning and in the evening. Don't be idle because you don't know which will succeed, this one or that, or whether both will be equally good. Sweet is the light and it's pleasant for the eyes to see the sun. Even those who live many years should take pleasure in them all. They should be mindful that there will also be many dark days. Everything that happens is pointless. Rejoice, young person, while you are young. Your heart should make you happy in your prime. Follow your heart's inclinations and whatever your eyes see, but know this. God will call you to account for all of these things. Remove anxiety from your heart. Banish pain from your body. Because youth and the dawn of life are pointless too. The words of Koholit, Koholit, the teacher of the assembly, thanks be to God. Our second reading comes to us from the letter to the Philippians. Listen, at the crossroads God's wisdom calls. Therefore, my brothers and sisters whom I love and miss, who are my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything. Rather, bring up all your requests to God in your prayers and petitions 
along with giving thanks, then the peace of God that exceeds all understanding will keep your hearts and minds safe in Christ Jesus. From now on, brothers and sisters, if anything is excellent and if anything is admirable, focus your thoughts on these things, all that is true, all that is holy, all that is just, all that is pure, all that is lovely, and all that is worthy of praise. Practice these things. Whatever you learned, received, heard, or saw in us, the God of peace will be with you. The word of the Lord. How much money do you think it costs to dig up a dinosaur? Imagine the materials you would need, the transportation, the security, feeding everyone, and sending any fossils you might find back to the museum. How much money do you think it takes? Any guesses? Million dollars? 50,000? According to Dr. Michael Habib, a paleontologist at the Natural History Museum of Los Angeles, the average cost of an excavation is less than $10,000. Allie Ward, a science communicator and host of the podcast Ologies, went slackjaw with astonishment. You're kidding me. Are you kidding me? So you could buy a Toyota Camry used or a dinosaur expedition? Yep. Ward is always turning up surprises like this in her interviews with scientists, scholars, and other ologists. In that same paleontology episode, Dr. Habib points out that 99.9% of all things that have ever lived are extinct. How weird is that, Ward ponders? 99.9% of all things that have ever lived are extinct. Just, just do you. Cut bangs, text your crush. We're all going to die or as Kohelet, the sage of Ecclesiastes would say, it's all pointless. Everything that happens is like a puff of air, like vapor fleeting. Now there's an upside to this feeling that both Ward and Kohelet point out. Cut your bangs, share your bread, scatter your seeds, don't be idle. You don't know what's going to happen. So remove anxiety from your heart. It's all vapor anyways. We'll go the way of the dinosaurs sooner or later. But of course, life doesn't always feel like vapor. It feels set, us included. The committee meeting or the algebra class stretches on endlessly, slowly killing your brain cells with boredom. 
the conflicts between warring nations or warring family members appears intractable. No one is budging without bloodshed. Our poor, beleaguered brains sometimes make things worse. Our thoughts, they become rigid. Our pencil sketch interpretations are redrawn in permanent marker. We adapt, but then we end up stuck, thinking this is the way things are. They'll never change. And if we ever did try change, a shrill voice buzzes in our ears. If you do that, so-and-so will get angry. You don't want them to get mad, do you? Or you can't change the way your family works. Someone will get upset, and then they'll storm off. Or sure, change. But what if it goes wrong? What if you try and fail? What if? What if? What if? Anxiety whines in our ears and in our brains, keeping us stuck. Anxiety's power shapes the body, too. Boom, boom, boom. Our heartbeat accelerates. Panic, panic, panic. Our adrenal glands send cortisol surging through our veins. Our breathing becomes shallow. We feel like we're going to burst. This is not the way we were meant to live. Anxiety is not the dream our creator has for us. Whatever form our anxiety takes, scripture encourages us, let it go. For Kohelet, everything is vapor anyways, so take risks, see what happens. Paul, writing to the church in Philippi, agrees that anxiety should not keep us from action. Listen to these great verbs Paul gives us. Stand firm in the Lord. Rejoice. Again, rejoice. Pray. Give thanks. Focus your thoughts. Practice. When anxiety buzzes in your ear, give those worries to God, Paul says. Then God's peace, peace that exceeds all understanding, will keep your heart where it belongs, safe in the unchanging love of Christ Jesus. There's a curious quality to all of these actions, though. After urging his listeners, rejoice, again I say rejoice, Paul also instructs, let your gentleness be known to all. The Lord is near. To me, that sounds as strange as the fact that I can purchase a dino dig for the price of a used car. Let your gentleness show. Sounds almost like put your weakness on display. Anxiety drives us to be rigid, to set up boundaries, to keep out bad people or bad thoughts, and to punish ourselves or others 
for getting out of line. Gentleness, though, gentleness softens those boundaries. Gentleness extends mercy to line crossers. Gentleness slows down our racing hearts and our racing thoughts. Let your gentleness be known, Paul writes, because the Lord is near, near to us now, closer to us than breathing, speaking firmly above the drone of anxiety. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. In gentleness, Jesus promises rest. In gentleness, we can set aside what James Baldwin calls the masks we fear we cannot live without, and no, we cannot live within. In gentleness, we touch the image of God at our very core, the image of the God of peace, who calms the storm, who breaks the bow and shatters the spear, who, like a mother, will never forget us. A few months ago, I read about a stunning act of gentleness interrupting anxiety's work. The event unfolded on the social media platform Twitter, a website for sharing ideas and information and short bursts of unpleasantness and worse. This past January, comedian Patton Oswalt shared via Twitter a rude poem directed at the sitting president of the United States. Michael Beatty of Huntsville, Alabama, saw the post, took offense, and mocked Oswald right back. I won't repeat the exchange here, since the way each of these men chose to communicate is inappropriate. But all of this is par for the course in the internet age, when interacting through screens, it's easy to treat people like enemies rather than neighbors. But something happened. Something stopped Oswald from fueling the fire. He went to Beattie's profile, no doubt looking for insult material, and discovered a link to a GoFundMe page. Beattie was drowning in medical debt related to treatment for sepsis, diabetic ketoacidosis, that's a buildup of acid in the blood, even a coma. Oswald shared the link with these words. Oh man, this dude just attacked me on Twitter and I joked back, but then I looked at his timeline and he's in a lot of trouble health-wise. I'd be angry too. He's been dealt some really bad cards. Let's deal him some good ones. Oswald donated $2,000. And by the end of that day, the campaign had raised more than $13,000 
far exceeding its $5,000 goal. Humbled, Beatty promised to pass that generosity on to a cousin whose granddaughter was recovering from a car accident. On that January day, gentleness reversed anxiety. In the least likely of places, the God of peace intervened. In this season of stewardship, focused more on faith-raising than on fundraising, we're taking Jesus seriously when he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. When we come alongside the Savior, when we experience the grace of gentleness in action, we rewire our adaptation to anxiety. When it feels like you can't breathe, the spirit of gentleness slows you down, saying, push all the air out of your lungs, free up space for fresh oxygen, and deep breath in through the nostrils, letting the air fill your chest and stomach, and deep breath out through the mouth. Whoosh. When your head is overwhelmed with worry, the spirit of gentleness kindly reminds you that you don't need to carry this burden alone. Talk to a trusted friend, Spirit says. Talk to the God of peace, trustworthy and true, who is close to you right now. When you can't decide which path to choose, the spirit of gentleness encourages, pray on it, and then pick one. God isn't the mean secret keeper testing to see whether you've chosen correctly. God is life-giving mystery in whom nothing is wasted, for whom no misstep is beyond redemption. So let your gentleness be known to all, for the Lord is near. Let your vulnerability show, and others will sense the nearness of perfect love that casts out fear. Where anxiety sees weakness, the spirit reveals strength. This past week on the Ologies podcast, Dr. Libby Elwood showed me this strength. This episode was on phenology, the study of seasonal phenomena, and host Ali Ward chatted with Dr. Elwood about what makes trees turn red and gold, about which organisms are decomposing dead leaves, and about the merits of apple cider versus pumpkin spice. Ward always asks her guests, what is the worst part and the best part of working in your field? Elwood joked at first that the worst part about, about phenology is being stuck at a desk writing emails when what she really wants to do is roam outdoors. But then she paused and she choked up. She said, and there is a lot of bad news 
that comes from studying the natural world, that just takes a toll. It's tempting to hear rejoice in the Lord always and rework it into forced cheerfulness. But that's just more anxiety at work, folks. Joy makes room for sorrow, too. Just as gratitude for all God's blessings bubbles up in us as rejoicing, lament rises from our recognition of blessings denied. Dr. Elwood's tears told the truth. All creation is groaning in pain, set ablaze by human greed. Her vulnerability was gentleness in action for me, as was her determination to seek out good news, to spend time in her backyard to encourage community-based science. In Dr. Elwood's candid words, the Lord came near. So friends, let your gentleness be known to all, for the Savior who is gentle and humble in heart is indeed near. Let gentleness guide your prayers of longing and lament and thanksgiving, ushering you into God's peace that passes all understanding. Let gentleness lead you to action, to sin boldly, as Martin Luther wrote, and believe in Christ more boldly still. Beyond anxiety, there is plenteous grace to know and share. For such grace, let us give all glory and gratitude to God, the giver of our days, gift of perfect love, power and peace given to us all. Amen.